Men, it's time to make friendship a priority in your life. It is time to get clarity on what a true spiritual friend is. And we are here to help you do just that. In this season of the Cross Training Ministries podcast, Joe Barnard and myself, Evan McGinty, are going to guide you to discover 10 marks of a spiritual friend. We're going to help you get on a path of spiritual growth with a band of brothers. Let's get started. All right, Joe, let's talk spiritual friendship again. And I want to start off by asking you a couple of questions. Um, One's a little ridiculous, uh, but one I think will be pretty easy for you to answer. Let me start with the ridiculous. This is a little bit of a riddle. What do Tony Montana, Kylo Ren, the Joker, and Harry Potter have in common? Uh, They uh, (laughs) are all from fiction or something I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good you're, you're not wrong okay you're not wrong <laughs> no, so all these characters if you look at them they all have facial scars all of which feed into their backstory in the movie so they've all got the you know you think about tony montana all right scar face that's a pretty obvious one even harry potter his, a lot of his self-discovery comes with this little scar on his face And uh, man, guys love the idea of the stories behind scars. Uh, One of my favorite things to do around a fire pit when I'm sitting with guys, especially if it's guys I don't know very well, is I may start just by asking, hey, do you have any scars? And if so, tell me the story. So, Joe, that's my second question. A little easier. Do you have any scars? What's the story behind it? I do. uh, Since we're on the topic of facial scars, uh, I can go there. Uh... Just underneath my chin, I've, I've got a, a scar that you can see from the right angle. And uh, yeah, it comes from, uh, I was five years old and I, I think you were supposed to be six to climb a particular tree house. Uh, <laughs> I went up anyway and didn't just manage to fall off, but I managed to fall off and hit my chin on a wheelbarrow. Um, so anyway, uh, I still bear the evidence of that uh, heroic exploit. Uh, yeah, I, I wish that some of the scars I have uh, were better, more like awesome stories of something incredible I did. Uh, but I've got some pretty pathetic scar stories, unfortunately. But it is an interesting question to think about uh, asking guys to tell you, hey, what are, what are, the, what are the stories behind the, the scars? You guys see you got this scar on your elbow, on your face. Uh, in some senses, it's a little scary because uh, sometimes you think about those movie characters, especially. You ask those guys, hey, what's the story behind your scar? What, really what you're asking is, hey, tell me about your trauma. <laughs> tell right. me about a traumatic experience from your past is ultimately what those you know, screenwriters are trying to build into those movies. Hey, there's a story here and it's about something you know, that's really uh, difficult from their past that they've got to overcome. Uh, so, but I think with guys beyond the physical scars, we have those as well. I think there's a reason why screenwriters make some of that so obvious is because we, you know, need the obvious. But what they're really trying to get at is that men, even men like Tony Montana, have scars from their past. And there's deep issues that all of us are dealing with, uh, but we don't always put them on our face. Uh, so some of us have just emotional scars as well, or deep uh, pain, trauma, things from our past that are uh, difficult and still have left us, you know, maybe a little jaded or hurt. Um, have you experienced anything like that in your, do you have uh, scars from your past inside or have you talked to guys and seen that this is an issue uh, that they deal with? 
You know, I certainly have uh, scars. I think all of us do. Uh, and it's worth thinking about, about that image. I mean, usually when you get a, a cut, you know, it doesn't scar. There's no sign, but you know, there are cuts that are deep enough, like you said, traumatic enough that they, they leave a permanent mark. And it doesn't mean that they haven't healed, but in a real sense, they're a part of you. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think in terms of myself, uh, I grew up in a, in a, in a broken home, uh, divorced parents. Uh, and I think, you know, from my earliest age, that was the situation I grew up within. And it's one of those things that God heals. He heals it in such a way that honestly, looking back, I wouldn't trade what I've learned about God through that for what might've been. And yet, you know, that is something that sticks with me. I think, you know, there's, uh, there's points of life where, whether it's sin or just failure, you know, the kind of things you aspire, you hope for, you don't achieve, uh, you know, that leaves a kind of residue of, of shame that's really hard to shake. And uh, it's certainly true in my life. And I think in general, uh, we carry a lot of scars. And the, the, the challenge is, whereas you can look at somebody's knee and see that spot that they, you know, uh, fell off their bicycle when they were 12 years old. You don't always realize that behind the anger, angry temperament is a something on the soul. Um, mm. That's not as obvious to pinpoint and say, this is where it is. Tell me more about it. Um, but we have to realize these guys, that matter what level of maturity they're at in this world, you're going to have scars if, if you're just a person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's interesting as you bring this thought of scars into the thought of relationship, uh, for some reason, a lot of times things get weird. Uh, and so we at times just uh, relegate those scar stories, those deep scar stories, uh, to a counselor's office, therapist's office, which obviously those people are pro professionally trained to help deal with some of that. But we never talk about some of those deep scars with our friends, uh, especially guys sometimes struggle to talk about, uh, yeah, hey, I was brought up in a broken home and it feeds in, uh, into some of my story and who I am today. And let me talk about this thing that happened to me in my past. And uh, so it's those aren't the kind of stories we often share around the fire pit, uh, right? Uh, but I think that this is where we need to bring in the idea of a friend that helps and listens and knows some of these scar stories because they do inform who we are. They do inform how we react to life around us, who, what we believe about God and uh, what we believe God is doing in our lives. So the, there's the characteristic I want us to talk about today is the idea of having a friend, a spiritual friend, who is a co-author. So explain what we mean by co-author. Yeah, you know, uh, part of the way we have a sense of identity as human beings is, is we, we, tell, we tell our identity through the means of a story. Hmm. And God, he's the author of this story, ultimately. We've got to acknowledge that. However, part of what we're doing, and it's just in our nature is trying to make sense of what he's writing. And we, we can't see it all. You know, we can't read the last chapter of our lives. And so as we're moving forward and looking back and reflecting on things that have happened, you know, we're trying to make sense of it. Uh, so in, in a real sense, we're a co-author in one way. Hmm. But the problem is, and you see this particularly in the Proverbs, that one of the great liabilities for all human beings is to trust our own eyes and to believe our own interpretation that often uh, there are biases that result from sins like pride or anger or envy 
that make us shift the plot in an unhelpful direction. And so what we need is somebody who can be a kind of co-author with us and who can, you know, in, a, in the same way that if you wrote a book with somebody and they were the co-author, you, you'd pass the manuscript, they'd mm. read it. They'd say, wait a second, you know, on page 30, you took the, a left turn, you should have taken a right in terms of the progression of the action and uh, would help, you know, everything come into alignment. You need that friend who will listen and be able to pause and stop and say, wait a second, I think you're misinterpreting something, or I think you're distorting the character of God with how you're uh, looking at this part of your life and is going to help you uh, craft this story so that you have that real identity that you need to have in Christ. Mm, Yeah. And that's so key. Part of what I heard there that I think is key within this friendship is uh, the listening aspect. And I think that that takes a a certain amount of, you got to listen on purpose uh, if you're going to be a co-author and not just automatically jump in all the time back and forth. There's got to be, hold on, I'm, I'm seeing something here. And that's why I'm going to point you towards something different. I think uh, in friendship, we default to conversation, which we need conversation with one another. Uh, But part of the beauty of a spiritual friend that's a co-author is the storytelling aspect. Uh, We don't tell great stories to each other often. uh, And we need someone who's going to tell us a story about, hey, tell me the story behind your scar. And we need to sit and listen. And we need to hear them out and then say, well, that makes sense why you're reacting who you are today. You know, I see behind the anger you experienced today. Well, I see that in some of the story you just told. And have you ever explored that route? Um, the truth is behind a lot of guys' current sin struggles, there is some of the, you know, you look at, uh, for some guys, their addiction to pornography comes from stuff from their past and trauma from past that's uncovered, undealt with. And, um, uh, there's been a, a lack of people that are willing to go there with them and hear them out and then explore and revisit, say, Hey, hold on. I think you're, you're taking some of this and, and, and misconstruing it. And I think we got to deal with this. I want to hear your story. I want to hear it. Let me, let me, you know, I know it's awkward, <laughs> but uh, let, let me hear what you've gone through in your past. And let's talk about what that could look like now for you, what, how that can interpret your now. And I think this, this, it's a call to uh, begin to just enrich and deepen relationships. If you think of a bunch of men in a typical kind of, okay, they've met at Starbucks. Uh, they've known each other through church for four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a book study in front of them. Uh, you know, they maybe take a moment to, to ask some questions about how each other are doing, but it's like a snapshot in time. It's like, how are you doing at this present moment? And so maybe a guy has the opportunity to say, I lost my temper. But what that environment doesn't tend to cultivate is, you know, where you begin to find out again about the past that that person has had. And, uh, and I think there's two reasons why it's so important to, to find ways to explore that past with a friend. One is simply, as human beings, as wrong as affirmation can go, we need somebody who affirms us and who we really believe sees us. And part of what that does is, you know, by going and understanding someone's story, they, they have that sense that you see who I am. And this is the great appeal of old friends from childhood and high school is they know who your parents uh, are. They, they know, uh, you know, what the place you went in high school in your small town that you grew up in. And that sense of knowledge, it really gives a closeness. And so 
you know, we can't go back in time and relive that, but we can discover uh, the past of someone. And so there's that opportunity to really show that you, you, you know them, but equally, like you've said, to, to begin to identify these, these areas that are potentially uh, have scar tissue. Yeah. And uh, when you locate that scar tissue, you know, then there's that opportunity to begin to, uh, to talk, discuss issues like relationships with your father or uh, again, struggles with persistent sin that that doesn't come up again in that Starbucks environment when you're just using a study guide for a book. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for us to remember that uh, guys aren't Ken dolls. We're, we're not all the same. We're not all, you know, uh, same background, same ambitions, and uh, just assume that we're all built uh, the, the same there. Uh, actually, I, I got to discover this in a shocking way a couple weeks ago. I had lunch with my ice cream man, which I think you're told never to do, right? Your mom said, never yeah, take sure. ice cream. I'm yeah. some wise counsel <laughs> yeah, there. That, there's, but the guy that drives the ice cream truck uh, through our neighborhood every Friday, uh, we end up, uh, you know, he, he struck a relationship with, with our kids and with us as we get ice cream from, but we had lunch with him. And it was interesting, you know, you get a picture of a guy just by, you know, I see him, you know, once a week delivering ice cream. And I had a picture of who he was. And uh, then when we had lunch, totally different. He revealed some scars from his life and his past, gave me a totally different view into who he is, how he acts and why he's doing what he's doing. And uh, it's fascinating. And uh, I think that we've got to take more time to do stuff like that to change maybe the view of uh, our friendships and who they are. There's actually a question I use that's helped me with this, a weird question, but go with me here. Uh, I, I've asked this of a few friends and it has so helped to help me see past, you know, your ambitions, your, your scars from your past, that kind of stuff. Uh, you ask your friend to picture themselves in a library where every book is the biography of your life. However, each book is entirely different. Each book tells the story of your life as if you had changed one single decision that you made at some point in the past. All right. So it's, I changed something and it, and now I get to see how my life played out. Now you have all day to spend in this library. What's the first book that you pick up to read? What's the biography of your life that you want to read? If you changed something in your past, some decision you made, and it's interesting to hear guys perspective. There's guys I've been friends with for years, thought I knew them really well. And they answer this question in ways that I like, I had no, I didn't know that story about you. Cause there's two ways, honestly, that guys answer this. Some of them, they answer it in a way that says, you know, it's a, it's a curiosity. Well, I'd be curious to know, I, I thought about being a lawyer at one time, which I had no idea about. I thought about being, I had this ambition. I never followed through with it. I just was, you know, too scared or I backed out or my parents said I'd never be able to do it. There's something there. And I just never pursued that. And I wonder what my life would have looked like had I done that. And, and you get to then go in a deeper conversation about ambition and about, well, who fed you that? And why is it that you ended up here today? Not that it's a bad thing, but just curiosity. There's other guys that answer it and they cheat and they don't answer it by saying, uh, there, here's the decision I made that I'd want to go back and see how my life turned out. They actually say uh, about something that happened to them. So I want to read the story about my life where my parents didn't get divorced. I want to know what that was like. I want to read the story about my life where my dad wasn't an alcoholic. What would that have looked like? And, uh, and man, it's interesting to dig in there, there. This is a great question for opening up guys past scars, guys past ambitions, guys curiosities about, man, 
I think part of who I am today is maybe because of some of these things in the past that I've never talked with anybody else about. And, and what do you think? And it's just an easy open. But uh, so guys, we want to talk about this in some sense. Like they, they have it, it's there, uh, but we've got to build the space as friends to yeah, get outside of the just this normal uh, you know, Starbucks conversation. Uh, I think, honestly, if I could push for anything, I think that spiritual friends are really good at asking accountability questions. And I think we need to keep that in place. We need accountability questions. What did you do this past week that you need to be, or you said you were going to do this. Did you do this? You said you were going to act this way. What we need to do a better job of is asking discovery questions. We need a set of questions that are going to help us discover one another and discover our past, discover our ambitions, discover the scars, uh, because that can really help your spiritual life. Am I off base there? Am I wrong? No, I think that's, uh, that's right. I think most people wouldn't even think of this as, I mean, the accountability questions we're accustomed to, the discovery questions, if anything, we use cheap icebreakers that mm. they just kind of, you know, take a little bit of the uh, lid off ordinary life, but they don't uncover the soul in any meaningful way. And I think, you know, from there, that the, the next step and going, going back to this idea of being a co-author and this takes great patience. It takes uh, wisdom, but beginning to help men recraft that story of their life in such a way that reveals that the grace and the wisdom of God are at work in their yes. lives. And I think that's where, you know, so often um, there's a deep anger and beneath the anger, an assumption, you know, something like, you know, God has forgotten me or God must hate me, or God is a cruel God, or God isn't faithful, you know, big theological convictions. I mean, truth be told, like whatever they say they believe about God, this is what they practically believe. And, you know, you can't come right in there and say, no, you're wrong. Actually, uh, you know, God's mercy was on display in this moment where you were abused. I mean, there's a way to do that that was really callous and unhelpful. But, you know, as you're really entering into this man's life, there are ways to, to, to nudge them, to remind them, to, to interweave uh, the promises of God such that, that that trajectory of the story begins to shift. Mm. And, uh, you know, instead of there being you know, an outlook of despair or of frustration, you know, for there to be a, a, the kind of hope, the kind of trust, uh, the kind of perseverance that shows that this man is now, you know, his story it's, uh, it's being aligned to that greater story, the gospel. And that's what we want is for the gospel to, to shape and frame the story of our lives. Yes, yes, and amen. <laughs> that's exactly what we want with friends like this. As you start to see this develop and guys be that co-author for you, it's interesting too, what I've noticed in my own life is a more of a willingness to open up about some of the simple um difficulties in the week to week. I just an example over the past about a month ago, I had an experience where uh, I, I was hurt. Somebody hurt me. Somebody said there was uh, you know, an experience in my life where, man, somebody just really hurt me. And typically I would keep that to myself and just be pray, you know, um, which is good. But what I did is I, I had a few friends that are these co-author types that kind of see things and uh, help me to see what God is doing here. But uh I just texted him and said, Hey guys, I just need to let you know I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting. And, uh, I felt like I needed to say something. 
That was it. It was a simple text. I needed to say something to somebody I'm hurting right now. And they didn't come back with like incredible counselor advice. <laughs> they, they didn't have like these deep, you know, uh, what they did is they prayed for me and they were willing to, over the course of the month, start to talk about what's God doing here. I, I think I'm seeing in this situation, maybe something you're not. And um, that was a beautiful place of healing for me that brought true uh, healing and purpose, honestly, through some of that. And that's what we need is, uh, man, uh, hey, all of us are hurting at times. We can't pretend that we're all superheroes and we never get scars that hurt. Uh, we need someone to admit it to. Hey, I'm hurting right now. And I just need to tell somebody. And we need somebody that's going to walk alongside us and see purpose in that hurt. And well, see that uh, that element we just said, that walking alongside as well. Like that that's this other element in all of this that, uh, you know, you know it, it makes me think of there's an illustration from... Uh, Pilgrim's Progress, um, the great Christian book where, you know, up until this part of the journey, Christian, uh, he's been on his own more or less. And he, he's, he finds out though, that this other pilgrims, you know, further up the road named faithful. And uh, so he hurries up and they catch up and it's interesting what they do. Cause the first thing they really do together is they begin to share each other's stories. And a lot of it's really traumatic. I mean, they've not had the same experiences, but you know, one guy's fallen into this slough and almost drowned and you know, they're, they're talking about the hardships, sometimes wondering why God hasn't made them have the exact same experiences. But the beautiful moment is, you know, after they've shared these stories, what then happens is they then start walking together along this path. Mm. And so if you think about that, it's not just a matter of co-authoring. Ultimately, it's a matter of our stories now being interwoven such that like what you just described, you've got these friends, you know, you're able to text them. You're on a shared journey together. So yes. your life story and their life stories are now interwoven. And that in itself becomes, I think, um, a part of what it, what it means for the gospel to shape the story of our lives is, yes. you know, to begin to live it out truly in community and not to try to deal with that shame or that pain from the past or in the present all on one's own. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And you're right. It, uh, it is comforting and encouraging to have a friend who, who is, sorrowful when i'm sorrowed you know like there there is there is it, uh, there's a connection there an interweaving i like how you placed it there um that our lives are woven together in a sense that we're walking this out alongside one another there's, i'm not isolated in any uh, of that and uh so yeah that's i think that's beautiful that's what guys need to aim for is a spiritual friend who's woven through this with you and sees the uh, the wisdom and grace in it and uh, that's the encouragement for both of you to continue on your journey and to keep moving forward. So uh, any other thoughts you have on just a co-author in your life? Yeah, I think, and maybe a recommendation uh, for, for men. Uh, I think there's an assumption that guys don't want to talk. Mm. Uh, and I think something has shifted culturally. I think that was true. You know, if we go back, like my generation, uh, our grandfathers were in World War II. You know, they didn't talk about their experiences in the war. Um, but there's something now, and I see it again and again, and other people talk about it, is the way in which in small groups, men are surprised because the guys in their churches and in their small groups want to talk. That when you begin to open up uh, these topics of, uh, your past, again, the, the big ones, fatherhood, whether your father or how you're a fathering your children, uh, when it comes to some of the, the real honest admission of 
uh, struggles with pride and anger, uh, with lust. Um, these are actually topics that men start to open up and pour out their soul in ways that leave disciplers and, and pastors kind of, what, what have I just done? Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And so I'm not saying it's going to be automatic or easy, but I am saying that sometimes we're fearful more than we need to. And actually guys are really hungry and desperate to talk about these things. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I think that in the, in the past we've given through accountability questions and a typical kind of Starbucks group setup, uh, we've been really good at giving ourselves permission to talk about the sins we've committed. And it's hard to get there, guys, even just like that, to say, hey, here's, you can talk openly about who you are and sins that have been committed in this past week. Where, where we struggle, I think the next level is to give each other the permission to talk about sins that are committed against us. And, and how that also plays into our spiritual lives. And that, that also needs to be addressed. Now, if you do that, like you said, you're opening up a big can of worms <laughs> and you better be, you know, be prepared for that. Uh, however, to avoid it, I think we're going to miss some of the root of some of the problem that guys are dealing with, some of the roots of their sin issues. And uh, a true friend, a spiritual friend, wants to dig up all the root, wants to get it all. And uh, so we need to go there with each other. Um, maybe just a place to, to land us today. Maybe one thing we can do for guys, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Um, I want to give you some discovery questions to ask your friends. I think we need to get better at this. I've got a few that I use. Uh, they're not perfect, but, uh, maybe they're weird enough that it's something you've never asked your current friends. So I'll tell you what, if you go to the show notes, I will put a link in there to just a, a, a document that has five discovery questions that you can ask your friends. This is something that will get you telling stories. This is what we want. Tell some stories about your past and, and then start to be a co-author for one another. Let me just, uh, let me just uh, you know, endorse that and say that Evan McGinty has a quirky gift, an ability <laughs> to uh, discover questions that open up parts of your soul that you've never looked at. And I certainly... Uh, experiences. So if you're listening to this, uh, check out his questions. They're well worth the time of thinking about and utilizing. <laughs> yeah. Joe has been on the receiving end of some of these questions as he and I have gotten to know each other over the past year or so. Uh, so yeah, but they're, they're, they're helpful. I think it's good to tell each other stories in, in a different way and discover more about one another so that we can continue on this journey alongside each other. So y'all do that. And then, uh, yeah, come back next week. We'll talk more about spiritual friendship. Thank you for taking time to listen in to this conversation. I hope that we have provided some clarity for what a spiritual friendship can be. But now, it's your turn. If you don't have a friend who's listening to the stories that are behind your scars, now is the time to find one. Also, if you have a group of friends and you're looking for ways to challenge one another to grow spiritually, please visit our website, xtrainingministries.com. The link will be in the show notes. We're working hard to carve out a pathway for groups of men to train in spiritual fitness. We would love to have you and your friends join in with us. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. And next week, you'll get to hear Joe and I talk about yet another mark of a spiritual friend.